Welcome to Two Girls Who Read, a podcast. I'm Olivia. And I'm Lily, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything book-related. This week's topic is House of Sky and Breath by Sarah J. Mass. Okay, so obviously big spoilers ahead. You were like just going to get into everything, so this is definitely not one of our spoiler-free episodes. And I want to make it very clear, because I know the book just came out, and there's a lot of people who haven't read it yet or haven't finished it yet. So, like, this is going to go all the way through, all the spoilers, stuff you don't want to know if you haven't read the book. Um, this is for those book, of you crazy people who have finished the book, even though it only came out, like, a week ago or something crazy like that. It's been out for, like, over two weeks by the time we're filming this, so. Over two weeks. Oh, my God. A whole two weeks for 800 pages. If you haven't finished, you're slow. Should be ashamed. Slow. We should all- at least by the time this comes out, though, it'll be, like three weeks since it came out so that's at least there's that <laughs> sure well yeah vibes um we're giving them time to finish yeah we're here to talk about the whole thing um a lot of it as well so i feel like i i just need to come clean i can't pretend anymore no more lying i can't lie anymore no more lies no more lies um that could yeah that could be the title of this episode it's very dramatic um <coughs> It's like, no more lies, house of scat breath. <laughs> but <laughs> I have not read it. I know, another episode where only Lily has uh, read the book that we're talking about. Crazy. If I had a, if I had a nickel but, for every time. But I read the last page. She has read the last page and she knows what happens because we knew that we were going to do this. Mm. And so I was giving her updates every day after I like you know like I would read during the day and then we'd talk at night and day. so today I read this this happened in my reading today so she got the she got pretty detailed explanations I would I say I just wasn't in the headspace this month to re-enter that like mind space yeah. of like I didn't think I was either mm. until I started it and then I was like I am here and I am mm. happy about it <laughs> it's very weird here's the thing I totally think I would have got back in that headspace if I let myself but genuinely I didn't have the time it was like I started classes COVID came and kicked me in the ass and then yeah yeah, I just didn't have time for fairy porn I was too busy like adulting it was really gross actually so I'm excited I think we need to change our definition this month for this episode definition fairy porn yes it's no longer fairy porn it's fairy slash angel porn okay so please get your shit right this is important. Oh, God. It's already showing. Oh, I'm already lacking <laughs> in some way. This is so sad. Yes. Well, you know yes. what, Lily? So if Olivia starts lacking, I will be here to bring her back on track. Mm. Well, you know, you were <laughs> lacking in your microphone quality for a while, but I didn't say anything about oh. that. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, yes. I was lacking in my microphone quality, for those of you who noticed. <laughs> I got a new microphone. I got a new microphone now. So hopefully it's better. I don't know. I did a couple test runs. Mm. I don't know. I mean, like... It's fine. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll become podcasters later. Right now, we'll just... We're just two girls who read. Okay, so let's start it off. Where where did we set the scene? Bryce was... uh, Also, if you need a recap, we also recapped the whole first book like yonks like a few weeks ago actually so you can prepare listen to that 
come back. But I honestly can't remember like, all that. All that explaining. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> Where did we begin? Well, we began with. Actually, we didn't start the stage with Bryce or Hunt this time, which was a huge surprise to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we set the stage with a new character, Sophie Renas. I might be saying her last name wrong. I don't know. Renas. Um, you definitely say that wrong. With a T. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Mm. You know how to spell it? I don't know how to spell it. How do you? Sp- I'm I'm guessing it's R E N A U S T. No, it's R E N A S T. Oh, Renist. I don't know. Renist. just yeah, sounds a bit not. It doesn't have that like je ne sais quoi. You know what I mean? It's like mm, that like fantasy element. You know? Yeah, Renest. Renest. But that's how it's spelled. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Renest. Yeah. Sophie Renest. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. And that was just, I, as soon as, okay, I know a lot of people, including myself, read that prologue and they were like confused, like so confused and like had such a hard time getting through it. And I did as well. But then, even as I was having a hard time getting through it, I was appreciating it because I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is going to be cool. You know, the prologue's always cool in a second book when you're opening with a character you don't know. Because you're like, oh, shit's about to that get actually Especially is when true. that character... That actually is true. Especially when the character dies in the that pro, same prologue. Oh. Um, Does so she Sophie die did in the die prologue? in the prologue. She died in the prologue. But we didn't... Like, there was some speculation. Like, the other characters kind of hoped that she was alive throughout the book. So we didn't get confirmation of, like, her body being found until about, like... 60 percent um however like she did get killed that how she did die was in the prologue basically this girl named lydia who they call like the hind as her like nickname because she's like evil uh lydia basically was on a boat with her in the middle of the ocean was like tell us the intel that you found out about the asteri and she's like no and then she's like who else did you tell the intel to she's like i didn't tell the intel to anyone and then she's like you know what and then they're like let's torture her some more they're like no she's already whispered torture so many times she's not going to tell us anything so they just tied a bunch of like bricks to her and like dropped her in the ocean in the Uh, prologue drowning would be the worst way to go i just can't stand it yeah so they dropped a bunch of right put a bunch of blocks in her dropped her in the ocean but then, um, a little bit later in the novel, Therian, our favorite half mermaid, well, he is like a mermaid, I guess, but he can transform into human when he decides he wants to walk on land, I guess. <laughs> it's like Kate Stewart just so bored of. Oh my god. And sp- it, this is just a H2O just had water fan fiction, in case you didn't know. I want to read it now. Um, I love Kate Stewart just had water. I'm going to read it now. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, so Therian, he is just, he's chilling. The River Queen, who he serves, he's actually, like, kind of bound to the River Queen. The River Queen, like, owns him, and he's, like, quite miserable about that. But he does what she says. She's like, I want you to find the girl for me. She might still be alive. Or I, if she's not alive, I need her body. And then Go he find finds, Miss like, the, he finds the chains and the bricks that were, like, tied to her in the ocean. 
uh, but they were hashtag unlocked. Mm. Um, so that's they. That's what started the suspicion that she might still be a lot. Miss Renes book, which I hope he was had. a Miss Runaway. You could say she. You could say that, mm. yeah. So <laughs> this, if, and if you've read the book, which I'm hoping you have, otherwise you've just got a lot of spoils for you right off the bat. You know that she was actually in fact dead. Uh, we'll get to how she got out of the chains, though, in a little bit. Mm. Um, but, yeah, wasn't let me it, just start with... Okay, wasn't What's-His-Face, though, the guy that went got sent to go looking for her? Were they, like, in love or something? No, that was someone else. Okay. Cormac. I, I actually really liked Cormac. When I was reading the book, he was one of those characters that, like, I really didn't know if I, like, liked or hated, because he was, like, Bryce's fake fiancé for a lot of the book. Yeah. If I'm being quite honest, I didn't quite understand what the point of that storyline was, because it didn't really go anywhere. They never, like, had to get married or anything. I don't... It. She kind of just used it as an, escort, an, an excuse for Cormac to, like, stay around because he was quote-unquote engaged to Bryce. But I'm like, she could have come up with another way to do that, I think. I don't know. Mm. That part just seemed kind of useless to me, but whatever. Uh, he was in love. He... Basically, Sophie, she, like, worked for the Human Rebellion, right? Mm. And so did Cormac. Um... Something that I really liked about this book is, like, obviously, like, you knew, like, the Asteri were evil, right? Like, you're trying to, like, fight against the Asteri. Mm. And then because of how they've treated, like, humans over the years. And then, like, then you're like, oh, there's Human Rebellion. Perfect. I'm on board, like, Team Human Rebellion. Right? Because, you know, like, Sophie was on it. You kind of like Sophie in, like, the 30-page prologue you got from her POV. You're like, you know, she seems like a pretty cool chick. So, you know, she must be pretty cool. And then her little brother as well, who you kind of get to know, because he actually is alive. <laughs> and he's mm. actually a character in the novel. Um, and you're like, oh, they're pretty cool. And then, like, Cormac as well, part of the Human Rebellion. You're like, ah, Human Rebellion's pretty good. But then, like, you get a little bit of a Hunger Games situation where the leader of the Human Rebellion, like, Pippa... It's just a real bitch. Like, it's kind of like what happened with President Coyne in The Hunger Games, right? Where it's like, you, like you're you on side rebellion because, like, the people in power are really shit. Mm. But also the leader of the rebellion is not any better, you mm. know? So I quite enjoyed that, where I was like, I don't really want either of you guys to win this war. If either of you win this war, we're kind of in a shitty position, <laughs> government-wise. No, I didn't notice that with the updates you gave me. Like, um, in the mm-hmm. sense that Everybody who seems to be in leadership, no matter, like, what side they're on, they all seem pretty crap. Like, it's not... Not great. Yeah. Not great. <laughs> but let's get updates on our favorite glow stick, Bryce Quinlan. Yes. Yes. Mm. Um, she... She would do some rough times in this book. Surprise, surprise. There was some more things about Danica that she did not know. Mm. Um, this is quite controversial. A lot of people say that, especially after this book, that Danica was a bad friend. Yeah, Danica fake ass with- ho. In- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> especially, especially after the reveal of Danica had a mate um, that nobody knew about 
oh shit did she i didn't know about this did I, you didn't tell me I this i told you about this you did not i, like I, I would have remembered this i, I would have remembered this. okay no i remember i sent it to you in a snapchat i remember oh because I, I have the Snapchat saved in my memories. Interesting. Because it came up on my February recap when I got on Snapchat. Oh. It's okay. I said I remember I sent you a lot of Snapchats that day because there was a lot of things back to back. So it's okay. I forgive you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah. But Danica, we found out who Danica's mate was in this book because he's a good old pal of Hunt's. Mm. Not really. They're not really pals. They just kind of work together in the, you know. Colleagues. For like the city. For the governor. For the governor. Mm. Yeah. They're good colleagues. And he kind of kept, like, showing up to, like, help Bryson Hunt. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you must be, like, working for the Asteri trying to spy on us. Because Bryson Hunt were pretty, they're pretty suspicious in this book, if you say, of, like, anyone who was not a part of their little circle. Like, mm-hmm. which included, like, Rune. Also, the Rune appearances in this book. Oh, I did not think I could love Yeah, movie, if that's one thing I took away from Lily's <laughs> experience reading this book, it's that Rune's superiority, apparently. Like, we'll talk a lot about Rune. A little bit later. Yeah. He deserves his whole own section. Right now we're going to talk about Bryce. Um, but basically the little circle with like um, Rune, Therian, um, Hunt, Her, and Cormac basically. Um, and then Hypaxia kind of joined in a little bit later. But that was kind of the main. So anyone who was outside of that, they didn't really trust. Which fair enough, considering they were working for a rebellion. That if you were caught working for, you would be killed instantly. Mm. Um. But then this guy keeps showing up and they're like, we don't trust you. You need to leave, basically. And he's like, I know you're working for the human rebellion. And they're like, haha, what do you mean? No, we're not. Like, he's like, yeah, but I'm also part of the human rebellion. So I want to work with you. And they're like, "Uh, this is a trap. Like, and they're like, he's like, no, it's not. And then he like takes off his like jacket or something. And it's like Danica's quote, like tattooed on his body or something. I forget if it was tattooed on him or he had like something with it on it. I don't remember her oh. quote. She always said, what was her quote? And they're like, what were why do you... was? I don't, <laughs> the fan is the fandom is like coming at me with pitchforks right now. Cause it's oh, been a really big thing. Is this, like, is this like the Crescent City, like, like to the stars who, what's its face to dream and listen? No, not as, not as much, I would say, but, like, it's, she always said, like, oh, through love, all is possible, or something cheesy like that. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Cute. Not me. Fitting for a fake-ass bitch like her. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, I love having no clue and no opinion set on any of these characters, so I can just say whatever I want about them, and it doesn't mean you anything. just say whatever you want. Yeah. Anyway, and so they're like, why do you have that? Like, why? This is Danica's thing. And he's like, oh, because I was her mate. And they're like... <laughs> Casually. No, you were not. <laughs> no, you were not. Danica would have told us if she had a mate. And she's like, how long did you know you were mates before she died? And he's like, two years. And they're like, bullshit. Bullshit. No, I would have known if Danica had a mate for two years. And he's like, we weren't allowed to be together because he was an angel and she was a wolf. And the angels and wolves had, like, real rivalry going. They really were the hashtag Romeo and Juliet of this series. Mm. I want, like, okay, here's the thing. I want a whole prequel novel of what the fuck Danica did before she died. Like, yeah, so honestly, things. I would read that. Like, I, I'm, I'm oh, like, I'm not gonna yeah. read the actual series, but I'll read the prequel about Danica just because I'm so fucking confused. Every time you bring up this bitch, it's like, oh, by the way, she was like in a gang and dealt drugs, and like, also, yeah, having an affair. 
if Sarah J. Moss like finishes the series and she like, last book in the Crescent City series, like, because I understand why she can't write a prequel about Danica now, because there's probably still more secrets this bitch has that we don't know about yet. Mm. <laughs> um, but like when the series is all done, if she does not announce Danica prequel, I'm literally gonna lose it. Like I'm gonna be like, I will never read another thing from you again. This is the last straw because that is ridiculous. <laughs> Um, okay. but anyway, so he's like, yeah, we're mates. We would meet up once a month for two years and that we would have like our night together. Wow. And yeah. And, um, she was like, no, Danica was still like hooking. She was like a hookup culture girl. Like she, she was hooking up with other guys. Like, what do you mean? And he's like, no, she wasn't. She stopped hooking up with guys. Like when we made it and she was like two years ago that and then like where i said this realization she's like danica would come to all the parties and like pretend to talk to guys but she hadn't hooked up with like another guy in like two years before she died and she was like now like just realizing it honestly that's on bryce for not picking that up about her best friend like (laughs) you went to all (laughs) those parties together and you didn't notice you didn't notice once that like she never takes anyone home she never closes the deal that's a bit pathetic if you ask me Anyway. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Anyway. So. Found out Danica has a mate, so this bitch has got some secrets. So, poor Bryce, because she keeps learning new things. Sorry. This episode is featuring the birds in Olivia's background that are outside her apartment. Oh my god, they're not that loud. Okay, I literally don't know what you're talking about. I can hear them. I can hear them. I feel like my earphone microphone just is, like, really good quality. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. Anyway. Okay, if you can hear them. If you can hear them, enjoy the wildlife of the Australian outback. (laughs) (laughs) Me living in, like, a metropolitan area, like, in the middle of an apartment (laughs) that I haven't left in seven days. Like... Enjoy the wildlife, serene. Me who hasn't Enjoy like breathed outside oxygen in seven days. Yeah, just be one with the Australian vibes of the outdoors, the great outdoors. Whatever. It is my birds. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. So poor Bryce is she's on the struggle bus, but good thing she has her hot boyfriend Hunt. That she can that she's not having that she's not sleeping with as far as I'm concerned. That's true. She, they weren't sleeping together for ages because they had an agreement to, to wait until the winter solstice. But then that quickly went out the window. Oh, I forgot to say that Ethan is a part of their little squad. Connor's little brother. Oh my god. Oh Love yeah, Ethan. that, that made he's, me uncomfy. He's also super cute. He's also super cute. I love Ethan. Ethan and Connor, that, I want to meet, like, Ethan and Connor's, like, mom, because that, whoever, that werewolf did a great job raising them, if, you know. You know, they're so sweet. I love them, and then, like, anyway. Um. Also, everybody thinks they're Bryce's mate in this book. Let's talk about that. Like. Everyone thinks it. So, apparently, we, big bombshell. Uh, not really, but Ethan was like, by the way, Connor thought that you guys were mates. And, but then Ethan thought that him and Bryce were mates when they first met. And if I'm going to be honest, okay, like, everyone talks about how they're like, Bryce and Hunt better be mates, Bryce and Hunt better be mates, all that stuff. And look, I get it, but I think it would have been really freaking interesting to find out that she was mated with, like, 
like Connor, who's like dead now. I know. I'm waiting for Sarah J. Mass to like have a main character whose like final love interest isn't their mate. Like I feel like that'd be so interesting. Yes. Like we've been waiting for it in all her books. She's always going on and on about how like love is greater than all or whatever. But then like it's like, oh, but we have this special bond. We have this special bond, and it's like, if you're bonded with that person, like, you have to end up with them. That's just, like, a rule that we have. But love is greater than all. But. Yeah. But this magical bond. Anyway. anyway. So, I was really hoping, with all these hints, that maybe Hunt and Bryce were not made. But, alas. If you've read it, you know. They are, in fact... Mates, <laughs> they did the classic clicking into place. It's like a little, uh, little puzzle piece. Like they just just had to have sex on a submarine and figure out that they were mates. Ew! I you was know, it's a submarine. Just... That's so humid and gross. Okay, it's actually such a terrible story. So basically, they almost like died because like Lydia the Hind basically caught them with like the human rebellion off on a little island. Mm. But basically, they did not hashtag get arrested by her because this big submarine came and picked them up and it's like the ocean queen like has this big these big boats that are like invisible mm-hmm. to everyone who's not on them and they just magically came up out of thin air to rescue them more on that later there's actually an explanation she's not that bad of an author um but they came and uh, scooped them up and brought them on their little ship and then hunt was so mad because he's gone like all primal alpha male to protect his mate Mm. they don't know that they're mates yet and so to calm him down bryce has sex with him Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i know i I want to make you feel better hunt reaches into nightstand (laughs) disgusting this is rated porn okay it was, I, okay, personally, like, I feel like everyone was quite anticipating their, like, first time scene, because, like, it was just so drawn out. Like, by the, at this point, we're, like, 1,200 pages into the series, and mm. nothing's happened between them. So, of course, everyone's waiting, waiting, waiting. I was honestly quite disappointed by that whole submarine act. I thought it was pretty stupid. I didn't like the scene at all. Some of their later scenes were better. That scene was just not it, in my opinion. Maybe I really want to know... Because I would know, I just know that there would be some, like, heteros out there that would love the whole, like, primal male trope thing. Like, oh, that's so alpha yeah, of him. See. But I just don't like it. I don't. It gives me, like, that was my main issue with, like, Akasif Resand. He was just so animalistic. I was like, this is bestiality at this point. Like, get your shit together. <laughs> you were just so, Whoa. like, oh, I can't help it. My instincts. I'm like, dude, it's giving very, like, hide your shoulders because I was never taught to have restraint. You know what I mean? It's gross. I just remembered that my mom told me she might listen to this episode, so I feel really awkward now about this Why whole would she listen to this episode? <laughs> Why? <laughs> she's interested in the Crescent City stuff. So she's like, I might listen to the Crescent City episode. Oh. And so now I'm strongly regretting this conversation we're having about their submarine sex. So sorry, mom. Anyway. Oh, hi, Mama Shemenko. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, you could have given me some warning. You just... That was so rude of you. You just 
it threw me under the submarine that like Bryson Hunt had sex in. That was really mean. You just let me go oh, in this whole tangent. <laughs> let's not forget about the other part of that, where they had sex so good that they teleported to a different room halfway through. Wait. Okay, I think I misheard. I didn't misheard you then, but the first time you told me about this, I remember hearing something like they teleported near Ethan. Like, that's how I processed it. Did they do that? No, no, no. It wasn't. No, no, no. They were just on their own. It was. They they, trans- they were by themselves, which oh. is good. But, like, it, it, because Bryce can teleport now, but only when she gets, like, an influx of magic from someone. Mm. Like, someone has to, like, charge her up, like, a fucking battery or something. Before She's she really teleport. just in her electricity era, isn't she? Like, everything <laughs> about her, it's like, I'm glow stick, <gasps> i like, Maybe that's why, like, her and Hunt are mates, because Hunt's power is lightning. Well, she's, you know? she's clearly got some sort of, like, pheromone coming out of her, because every other male thinks that they're mated to her. It's, it's embarrassing <laughs> at this point. It's like, oh my god, just take a, take a chill pill. This bitch needs to be taking notes off of, like, Mare from Red Queen at this point. She's so in tune with electricity. It's like, what is going on? Anyway, uh, they teleport, as one does. They, yeah. How did they play that um, off? Uh, knowing Sergey Mass, that was probably like r- that probably like got them going even more. Like oh, you teleported because of me. Oh. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really remember, but I feel like it was something like that. Mm. I think I blocked it out of my mind. <laughs> anyway, okay. And then she like walked out of the bedroom, and then like her brother's just like sitting there, and he's like, "Hi." <laughs> Who? Who's brother? Bryce's brother. Rune. Rune. Uh. Rune. Let's talk about Rune. Okay. <laughs> the moment Lily's because been waiting for. <laughs> Look. I know I said that not everyone has to be mates and all that shit. If Lydia and Rune are not mates, I'm gonna sue that bitch. Like, I'm gonna be like, everyone is mates except for the two people I want to be mates. Because this kind of gets to, like, a little bit of the plot twist of the novel, if, per se. It's the whole idea that the hind, Flash, Lydia, has been talking to Rune in his mind. Because he can, like, talk between minds. So they've been going to this little, like, dreamscape world to talk and share information about the Rebellion. Because he's been getting intel for the Rebellion now that he's working for them. And so she's, like, their main intel provider. So this woman, who's supposedly working for the Asteri... Well, she is working for the Asteri, is also working for the Rebellion. So Lydia is a bit of a double agent, you see. This dreamscape and... thing confused me a bit because, okay, so they in this dreamscape, they talk to each other, but they don't know who each other are. Like, they, they can't see each other's faces or anything. No, no, How they do they connect? Like, this is, like... So, like, Rune, like, reaches out to... To, uh... Lydia through their mind bond without knowing it's Lydia yeah he doesn't know that it's Lydia he just knows that it's someone he needs to get like vital intel from Mm. who like works for the rebellion okay I'll go with that sure um anyway yeah Uh, but from what you told me they were cute they were um but anyway, so basically, um, 
they better be mates because they were so cute. They had all the little scenes of the dreamscape and it was just so wholesome because she's also with this abusive man throughout this book. And sometimes he would like drag her away from like the dreamscape and like forcibly like basically like rape her. Oh. Um, And Rune would know about it because he could like feel her through the bond like in distress. And then but he couldn't do anything because he doesn't know who she is. Uh-huh. And so, poor Lydia. And basically, this kind of goes back to when she found them out in the ocean, and the big submarine came for them. Mm. Because they're like, oh, she's not telling on us because it's, it's all a mind game. And, like, she is going to, like, hold it over our heads, basically, that we're working for the rebellion. And she's going to tell tell on us at a later date, and we're so toast, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, basically, like, she doesn't tell on them because she is also working for the Rebellion, obviously. But the reason the big submarine showed up... So, you remember how she killed Sophie at the beginning of the novel? Um, who killed Sophie? Lydia. Oh. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes. We went over that at the beginning, because she tied those bricks to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, those bricks are, like, supposedly, like, they're, like, messenger bricks. <laughs> and they can, like, um, summon, like, the, like, certain ocean creatures and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the mer people and everything. And these are bricks that basically summon these submarines. So when she saw them in the water, she dropped one into the water so that they would come be, like, rescued. Mm-hmm which is why the submarine picked them up. And the bricks that she tied to Sophie were, like, rescue ones, because she had to drop her in the water and make it look like she was killing her because of the other people that were with her, like, from the Asteri. Mm-hmm. But then she was hoping that, like, the submarine would come rescue her, right? Mm-hmm. Which they did, but it was too late. So that's how she, like, got why the chains were empty and stuff was because they came and took her body and, like, brought it onto the ship and everything, and then that's when you finally figure out that, like, she's dead oh and this really upsets mr fiance slash cousin because he was like i loved her yeah cormac did love her their little relationship seemed quite sweet cormac was actually in the prologue with sophie but like you didn't really know that it was him because she didn't call him by that she called him by like his like agent name because they mm-hmm. were like trying to complete this mission mm-hmm. but he was actually in the prologue, and he helped her rescue her little brother from, like, a death camp that he was being locked in. Oh. And, because the Asteri were, like, keeping human children in, like, death camps, and she, like, rescued her little brother from that, and Cormac actually helped her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so it was cute. They were in love, and him, Cormac was really sad that she was dead. <laughs> well, they reunited soon enough, so I think it's okay. That's true. At the end of the book, Cormac bombs himself. Oh, he bombs himself? I didn't know that. <laughs> well, kind of. Like, he bombs a building to, like, kill a bunch of, like, the, like, people who work for the Asteri and to cause a big enough distraction that the Asteri will leave their archive building so that Bryce can search through their archives mm. and find the intel that Sophie died for because they knew that the intel was in this specific room because Sophie carved the numbers onto her body. 
Yeah. When she was drowning. And they found the numbers. What a boss lady. She's like, look, I know I'm like sitting to the bottom of the ocean and drowning right now, but I have some numbers to carve, like, real quick. <laughs> well, yeah, and they didn't know what the numbers meant, didn't know what the numbers meant. And then when they showed them to Danica's fiance, which is how he comes in, they're like, what if you, if you knew Danica so well, what do these numbers on Sophie mean? And they're like, oh, yeah, that was the room that she had to get into that the intel was in, right? Oh. Oh, so cool, Mac so died. That's why they've been pushing. Yeah. Getting the yeah. information that Sophie died before she could get. Oh, well. No, Sophie did get the information, but she wasn't able to pass it on to anyone because she died before she could. Oh, okay. So she did get it, but, like, she wanted to, like, because they're like, but this Bryce is hit the war send changing. button. Yeah, they're like, this is war changing information. Like, this will take down the Asteri if we know what this information is. And, like, yeah. But let's get back to Rune. We moved on from that way too quick. Sorry. Well, I know. I was waiting for you to keep going, but then you just were, like, silent. I keep getting distracted. This, yeah. I keep getting distracted. There's so many things in the book that happen. I'm sorry. And it's also interconnected, which I guess shows that it's a good book because of how interconnected all these storylines. Yeah. <sighs> but Rune. This is not a plot thing. He was just really hot in this <laughs> in this piece of work but here's the thing he's not hot though if you look at the fan arts he's not he's not i pers i personally don't like the fan art of rune uh the whole long hair half shaved on one side of his head just doesn't do it for me personally mm. um there have been some better fan arts of him coming out some people have been putting in the work and they've been drawn like you've kind of made him look acceptable but his personality <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's about what's on the really inside. Just... Exactly. <laughs> and also, he's a prince, and we all know if he's a prince, I like him automatically. <laughs> I'm just looking at these fair lights. I'm so sorry. One of them, he's wearing a backwards flat cap in them, and I can't. <laughs> yeah, so basically, Rune is a prince, so I automatically am in love with him, as you know. Yeah, um, we've been new about your prince issues. I don't... Issues? Yeah. I don't think it's an issue. <laughs> it's not hurting anybody. <laughs> it's not hurting anyone. Basically, for those of Toronto Glassbounds out there, he's this series Dorian, basically. He's got the mommy and daddy issues to prove it. Um, mm. And he's just kind of like the forgotten one of the friend group a little bit. Kind of like how Dorian was. Like, he does all the work for them. But, like no one appreciates it and just gives Dorian all the credit to Bryce. Did, yeah, Dorian did do the work. <laughs> it's like what it's like what happened with between like Dorian and Aelin. Like Dorian did all the work, but then Aelin got all the credit. It's like that with Rune and Bryce a little bit. So he's basically just the series Dorian. <laughs> mm. Oh, no wonder you loved him then. Yeah, it's obvious. Um, yeah, and then also he gets together with like the biggest bitch in the series. Very. Very on brand for, for Very on Dorian. Brand for Dorian. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the more Sarah J. Moss books I read, the more that I realize she can only write like five different kinds of characters, but I eat it up every time. And I'm like, these are such different people. No, because it, it's true though. Because, and then when you get talking about like her universes, everyone's always like, oh my god, Nesta, Manon, and I think it's Bryce from Crescent City, would be such an iconic trio. Yeah, because they're the same character, just <laughs> in different circumstances. 
Yeah, Lydia and Rune really do just be like the Manon and Dorian of this series, hey? <laughs> mm. Well, I it's, haven't even read it and even I can tell that, so yeah. It's no surprise that I like Lydia and Rune. Hopefully mm. just get more page time from Manon and Dorian. Anyway, um, but Rune, <laughs> great character. Um, I don't just a, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> this, is, this is weird. You can't even, like... Okay, because usually when Lily has, like, fictional crushes, like, it's, like, in a way where obviously it's to an extent she's f- not flustered so much that she's lost for words. <laughs> like, she'll still go on essays about them. I mean, we have... We have the, like podcast episodes of her just ranting about how good Max and Shreve from the selection is <laughs> to prove it. Like, how good Dorian is. Like, but this is the first time that I've ever seen you be, like, lost for words, because a fictional guy was so hot. Just like, such a good character. Such a but good was character. he, though? Was he, though? Yeah. Like, you haven't yeah. told me, like, anything okay. that makes him stand out. Like... <laughs> okay, okay. First of all, like... He was super, like, because like, he's, like, heir to the throne, right? Like, yes, he could have been, like, the he's ch- a prince, we know. <laughs> but, like, Bryce is also, like, kind of, like, low-key heir to the throne. Yeah. And, like, he really, like, he's just, like, so good about it with Bryce. Like, he just, like, he's Bryce's, like, hype man, you know? And I love that for him because, like, mm. sometimes he could have been, like, oh, my God, like, now that you have all this power from book one, you're going to, like, come from my throne. And at the end of the book, he's like, please take my throne. I'm literally begging you right now. <laughs> no, very like, feminist of him, I guess. Yeah, because, like, the Autumn King, like, hates the fact that he has, like, a daughter and, like, only wants, like, his son or whatever. And, like, mm. Rune's just, like, constantly telling the Autumn King, like, yeah, Bryce is way better than I am, just so you know. And mm. he's great like that. Uh, also, what else is good about him? I don't know. He's just very entertaining to read about, you know? Like, he always has really good lines. Like, Sarah J. Moss did, like, really pulled up on the dialogue for him. Mm, um, yeah. And I don't know. Like, he was always just, like, very overall, like, around, like, just, like, a good guy in that book, you know? Like, when Lydia was, like, in the dungeons, like, he thought that she was trapped in the dungeons because he's like, oh, my God, like, the girl I've been communicating with and having, like, mind sex with. She's, like, trapped in these dungeons and the Asteri, like, quarters. And everyone's like, you can't go get her. You're literally going to get killed by the Asteri if you go down here. And Lydia was technically down there, but she was, like, working down there as a guard. And she's just like, mm-hmm. come save me from, like, this place. But, like, everyone's like, don't go get her. Don't go get her. He's like, no, I'm going for her. Like, I don't care. Like, and oh, then that's basically cute. almost died for it. And it was really cute. Lydia's just there, like, what are you doing? I'm, like, on a shift at the moment. Um, <laughs> I'm like um, making money moves right now. Can you come back later? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. He's just a good character overall, and I think that he's had like really good character development, especially from like being like kind of like a little bit of like arrogant shithead prince in like book one a little bit. Um, and also he like gave he's like let like half like adopted like Ethan as his like new little brother. He's like, let oh, Ethan cute. like live with him now because like Ethan got kicked out of the wolf pack for like defending Bryce at the beginning of the book. That's why like he was so involved. And so like mm. he's like basically like taken Ethan under his wing, which is really cute. I love their little relationship. 
Okay, I get it now. Thank you. See, this is a, a lot better than just complete silence, but he's just great because he's a prince and I said so. I get it now. Okay, I'm on okay. the high train. Excited okay. to see where he goes. Um, I want to talk about Bryce's powers. What's the go there? Because that hasn't really... I know that that hasn't been answered in the book that you've just read, but I don't even know like what kind of mess we're at. Because like, what the heck happened with her powers? So basically, there's a lot of different things that she can do. Like, basically, she can, like, shoot light and, like, blind people and stuff. Mm. But, like, that's not an ideal power if they're trying to stay hidden. Like, everyone knows that only she can do that. Um, because, so, like, if they're trying to, like, stay hidden and escape, like, that's not the move to be making. So her power is kind of useless in that sense. But, like, if someone, like, basically, like, battery pack charges her, she can, like, teleport as well. Mm. Um, and then also because she has like the Luna's horn tattooed in her back she's able to open up like rifts to other worlds which mm. is how we get our ending <laughs> which we'll get to um, so like that's kind of what we know about her power so far but it's been hinted at like many many times that like we don't know the full extent to her powers um, yet yeah interesting okay well, I assume we're at the time now where we have to talk about that ending, correct? Or is it? Oh, so, yes. Like yeah. the vital intel that Sophie stole and died for. Um, yeah. That's kind of where the ending really, because you find, I was like, oh my god, if this book ends without us knowing what this intel is, I'm going to lose it. But we did. And at first, I really didn't know how to feel about it. I'm like, that's kind of lame. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, no, I see why that's like important, you know? Mm. Do you remember what it is? The intel. Yeah. Did you tell me? Yeah, I remember. It's like, in my opinion, this was Sarah Jane. Like, something... Oh, I meant to bring this up earlier when we were talking about, like, the fact that, um... That, like, the human rebellion is bad and the hysteria are bad. Like, what, who are you siding with? Right now, I think it's so interesting how she's made it. So that... The only good people in this entire, like, universe of theirs are, like, the people from hell, which I think is so, a little interesting play on God, that she made, like, God's evil, because, like... Very atheist of her. (laughs) I don't even know if you'd call it atheist or what you would call it, but she basically made the Asteri, who have been described many, 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 many times as, like, the gods of their world. Like, they pray to the Asteri. Hmm. Like, the villains, and then, like, the demons are, like, the heroes, which I think is quite interesting that she's done. Mm. But basically, yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, And just, you find out the intel was, it's what's in this room that was carved into Sophie's body, uh, was basically these, like, little, I guess, like, how would I describe them? Like almost like little tubes, I guess. And they're all labeled with, like, a name of one of the Asteri on it. Mm-hmm. And, um, some of them have, like, higher levels of, like, power that's, like, filling these tubes. Mm-hmm. And basically what you find out is that the Asteri are, like, keep stealing power from the citizens. So when they make the drop, basically the Asteri event- invented the drop so that they could steal power from the citizens and then they eat their souls basically when they die so that they can get more powerful you know what i feel like the drop is a uh, illuminating too if we're what? looking at that like 
Christianity vibes. Like, baptism. Like, do you see it? I see it. Like, the drop system getting baptized. That's so good. That is so good. Yes, because you, like, are, they say you're, like, reborn when you're, like, make the drop. Wow. Yeah, and they eat their soul because that's what baptism kind of is. It's like, okay, you're promising your soul to us when you die. Like, yeah, and then the whole death thing, it's like God takes your soul after you die. Technically, yeah. that's happening here as well, but they're taking your soul and, like, basically, like, consuming it for their own good. And basically, one of the Asteri, when he was talking to Bryce, because they caught her in this room looking around. And he was like, yeah, so this is just basically how we get stronger, and you can't blame us that this is the way we do it. Like, we're your gods, and we can take from you what we want to take. Like, you serve us. But I think it's just an interesting play on religion. Like, no matter what, I don't want to offend anyone's religious beliefs on this podcast or anything, but I just think it's a very interesting thing that I think that there's definitely, that's definitely not just talking about, oh, the hysteria are bad. Like, it's definitely, like, Sarah's made as, like, a kind of, we're not saying this is what stab. we got. We're saying this is what we got from the book, you know? Yes, there was a huge stab at religion on Sarah's part, which I found very interesting, because didn't she major in religion in college? <laughs> she actually did do something like that. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. It, 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 we're making it so obvious that we went through such a big Sarah J. Bass face. Like, <laughs> we know Sarah just major. Why did... <laughs> you know what? We're going to own it. You guys are happy that we know the major now, huh? No, but yes, she did. It was something like that. Um, yeah, she always alludes to different mythologies in her book and stuff like that, and different uh, religious systems. I like I know with Akita Illyri, and like that's actually a thing. Like a lot of her, uh, you can find a lot of similarities and a lot of uh, inspo from very. Uh, past mythologies from her actor characters uh also yeah she also throne of glass was originally a cinderella retelling so she loves putting spin she loves taking things and mythologies and stories that have already been written and putting a spin on it within her own character on a deep level i didn't this time she decided to do a retelling of the bible so yeah i never expected her to do something that modern like i always thought it made sense that she did other (laughs) stuff because like nobody ever knew about it so you could kind of like just it it wasn't controversial to do that but mm, i'm surprised that honestly i haven't heard more people talk about it like we were not the only ones that picked up on this for sure absolutely not um yeah but basically the gods want to use Bryce because she has Luna's horn tattooed into her. So they want to use her to open up rifts to other universes, parallel universes, so that they can bring people into their world so that they have more and more people to feed off of um, and who are loyal to them and stuff. Yeah. But Bryce said no. And she ran away and she agreed that she was going to go to hell because they're the only people we can trust now is hell. Mm. Um, and rally the armies of hell because they've been getting messages from the demon princes throughout this whole book being like the armies of hell are readying for this inevitable war Um, and so (laughs) she jumps through a rift to hell where as I'm sure many people have been waiting for us to talk about she gets picked up by a fancy as Bryce describes him hot demon Mm. Uh, who flies her to a fancy little house 
where in a very she... mountainous village this village uh where she meets a group of good pals um and she figures out she is not in fact in hell that she has transported herself into the akatar world which is a bit of a problem because she knows that the princes of hell are able to activate luna's horn because she needed someone to help her charge her so she could do this she can do it on her own and Hunt was able to do it for her, but she knows that the Princess of Hell can do it for her as well. But no one in this Akatar world is able to send her home. Because uh, they don't have the same kind of magic. <laughs> um, yeah. Basically, now, uh, we end the book and Bryce is chilling in Valeris with our good pal, Resand. A feminine, our High Lord Feminist Resand, also bilingual king. We learned. King. Yes, because he can speak the old language of the Fae, which is what Bryce is speaking. Yeah, because apparently um, they speak different languages. And, you know, Pharaoh was there. We don't know where the little shit of a kid was, but I'm sure he was around <laughs> somewhere. Their <laughs> baby. Little shit. Little baby. Little shit of a thing. Nix. What's his name? Nox. Nix. Nix. Nick, I think. No, Nox oh. is the one from Throne of Glass. He's the mailman in Kingdom of Oh, Nyx. <laughs> Nyx is, is the baby because the name Nyx means, like, knight or something like that. It was very creative of her. I'm pretty, um, sure, I'm pretty sure Nox means knight, though. Oh, Nyx means you know something. When, like, Harry, you know when, like, Harry Potter, when they, like, have the spells like turn like illuminate their wands like lumos and then to turn it off it's like knock get rid of light sure i didn't go through a harry potter phase. no literally nix the name nix is primarily a female name of greek origin that means night in mythology nix is the daughter of chaos and i'm finishing my definition lily I'm give sorry, me let done. me finish the rest of the sentence nix is the daughter of chaos and a primer a primordial goddess of night. Goddess of the night. So, Nyx is apparently a female name, but we gave it to a man because... Uh, Feminism. Feminism's giving female names yes. to men. Okay. That's what Resound's feminism. Resound Maybe Nyx is our, like, non-binary, <laughs> non-binary just icon. Who knows? I don't know. Doubt okay. it. Back on track. What does Nyx mean? What does Nox mean? Nox is the thing you put an arrow in. You know what they say when it's like you knock your arrow or whatever? Yeah, but like N-O-X. I know, I was kidding. Nox means of night. Nox is a gender neutral name and is of Latin origin. Nox is a form of the female Greek name Nyx. In Greek myth, Nyx was the goddess of night. Hence interesting hence the meaning of nox is night dark gloomy or dusky so nox is just nix's cousin glad we got that sorted yeah this is the important questions um okay so now bryce stuck in valeris uh with the inner circle Um, if you haven't read akatar i'm really concerned for how you're gonna pick up the rest of the series i definitely recommend reading akatar if you've only read crash city Here's my thing. Do you actually think she's really going to intertwine the two worlds a lot, or because well, I Bryce think is like, stuck there definitely for like she's going to be there for at least a while of Crescent City Three. 
Yeah, but here's the thing. I can't tell. I feel like it would be very on brand. Because I feel like the cool thing to do would obviously have the stories intertwine like crazy. Like, that's awesome if that is the way it's happening. Especially because I do think that if you looked at it that day, that way, there's a lot of cool ways that she can connect dots. For example, you're saying how, like, no Prince of Hell, like, they, she gets the magic from the Prince of Hell. And then we've just read Akasif when Nesta was basically compared to a demon the whole time. Also, Amran's compared to a demon a lot. There's a lot of talk the about Amran coming Mm. The whole Amron theory, because Amron was a god, right, in her previous world. Yeah. And Amron gets like, very what's their face? Ariadite. No, that is a divergent house. What are the people called? The angels. The gods. The Asteri. The Asteri. Yeah, that's Amarin the big running is- theory. Was because that Amron you did use Amron's from the Crescent City world and she was one of the Asteri, which is why she was like a god. Because it's talked about, so there's six Asteri, but there used to be seven Asteri. Um, but then one of them ran off to another world. Oh, yeah, yeah. that would be really cool if that was Amran. Yeah, um, <laughs> and Amran is the one who like spoke her language and stuff, Bryce's language. And she was like, um, why with the that? exception <laughs> of Resand. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. forget about Resand by bilingual king. Um, also, I totally think it would make a. It would be really cool if those instruments of like death or whatever that we just spent forever in a day f- having Nesta go grab. Um, I bet those could connect somehow. She could find a way to do that. You know, For sure. be fun. There's a lot of things she could do. Um, but I feel like I also wouldn't be surprised if it ended up being a thing. Where it was just kind of like a little bit of fan service, and it'll be like Bryce is just in Akita for like fifty pages, and she's like, "All right, I'm gonna head out now. Thank you so much for." I don't think help. that's gonna happen. She likes yeah. the Akita characters too much. She's gonna keep them around. Does she though? Asteria <laughs> is tired of the Akita world. I feel like she's tired. She could have connected the Sephiroth block, but she didn't. She made this decision, so maybe she's yeah, trying to just like make Akita be cool. A better. Yeah, because also it's a better money move as well, because Akita is her most popular series. Like, if Throne of Glass... I, like, here's my thing. I can't tell right now. If Throne of Glass was her most popular series, she could have easily done it with Throne of Glass. You know what I mean? Like... This is the information on, like, the Asteri who was gone. Mm. Uh, so it was a girl. We know that. Yeah. Um... So, that's Amran. Uh, they're saying that she's dead. But it says that during the first wars, she was attacked and killed by the seventh prince of hell, the prince of the pit. So, and sent, like, to, like, another realm. Mm. So maybe that's why, like, Amran was always like, I can't go home. You know? Because that's so not girl boss of her. A prince kicked her out. That's awkward. So, um, I don't know. That would be cool if she connected like that, but I doubt that she would. That's like too cool for Sarah J. Moss to do. Yeah, I don't know because this is. Here's my thing. Again, I get to re- I get to react to all this from an outsider's perspective because I haven't read any Crescent City, so like my opinions are pretty invalid. But I'll make you listen to them because I have a microphone, and therefore my opinions are worth more than yours, as says every man with a podcast ever. But, <laughs> um. I will say, 
this is what Sarah J Mass is like really really good at where she's so good at setting up potential but we tend to fall flat a little bit in recently you know my best reading experience of Sarah J Mass was reading binge reading Throne of Glass and I highly think it was because I didn't have time to figure out the theories and I didn't have time to think about like oh she could do this and she could do that I just like took it as it came as with yeah. Akta, I did the opposite. I read it as it was coming out. And I, and I guess I still kind of am. But, um, you know, we went through all the theories. We had podcast episodes going through different theories, getting super excited, being like, she could do this, she could do that. And then it's when she tends to not do that. You're like the coolest <laughs> thing. And so instead we ended up in the Walmart version of Hunger Games in Akasif. I was like, what is going on? Um, and where the power of friendship like won all i was like really this is not vibing um so i'm really like leaning either way i can see this going really really good i can see this going really really bad but in my experience with sarah Mass, like my best experience was when i didn't put too much high expectation on her and you know what i feel like she would respect that a bit more too she'd be like thank you i already have like hundreds of millions of people expecting too much from me respects that you just are taking it as it comes so yeah but i'm excited for for you to read it and see what happens and yeah, yeah if it connects so much with the akata world that like the next akata book is like connected into this somehow i think that's awesome i'm intrigued yeah a lot of potential but i'm not expecting too too much yeah overall i mean it seems like it was a solid read i think uh, over, overall in our Crescent City podcast episode you were saying how your main concern was that you couldn't see where the story could go from Crescent City. It felt very standalone vibes and that it was done and yeah. dusted but I do think Sarah delivered on all fronts in that sense where um, she clearly made it work because so much stuff happened i mean danica had more secrets um lying whore and then (laughs) and then yeah hunt and bryce had a bit more romance um and now we get to tune in next novel and see how long sarah can stretch out bryce and hunt not having sex again i don't think she'll do that because they already had sex lots of times what do you mean in the second one. I know, but now she's stuck in Akatar and That is so true. Yeah. And Hunt is a slave you... again. Oh, is he? Yeah. He got that made poor a slave man. The... He got and so did Rune, I think, by the Asteri. Was Rune considered a slave? Because they were both there when Bryce ran off. They're like run off, we'll handle things here. Basically they just got made like slaves again. Did we see that? Is that confirmed? Yeah. yeah, like they got like this. I know Hunt got the slave tattoo put on him, and then Rune was like kneeled beside him, like handcuffed as well. Oh my mm-hmm. god! Why did you? Oh, see, I... I see how it played out. You got me on board with the Rune train, and then you were like, "Oh, FYI, yeah. casually, he is not doing well." Oh my god! I expected this stuff from Hunt. That's why I didn't get emotionally attached to Hunt. But from Rune? I thought Rune was just the go-lucky side character who was just like, yay, here for the ride. Well, he was, but oh. now he's- oh. 
All I can think about is that song by Monskin where it's like, I wanna be a slave, I wanna. Sorry. I don't but, know, like, if it. Mm. I think he was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was made into a slave. Otherwise, like, I don't know why they would just let him go. Because he was literally, like, kneeling there beside Hunt, like, also getting arrested. So I'm pretty sure they also would have, like. So, okay, here's what I'm gathering. We watched the tattoo get put on Hunt. We did not watch it get put on Broom, but it was implied that it will. I it, it did after she left. Um, did I'm gonna look it up. Honestly, I was kind of skimming this, but I've been kind of tired because I wrote like 200 pages this day, and I only had like 10 pages left, and I was trying to get to the end. Mm. If I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to see what. So, oh, I'm gonna ask you this question. Did you think the last page lived up to the hype? Yes, <laughs> like I was really not expecting that. Like even when she was like in Valeris and Azrael was like picking her up and stuff, like you know, um, mm-hmm. I was not expecting it. Honestly. Oh my god! Like, Another thing we can talk about too is the sword theory that you came up with with Azrael's sword. So well, it's not even a theory; it's actually confirmed mm. that. Bryce's, Bryce slash Rune's sword, like, it's, Bryce kind of refuses to claim it because it would mean claiming her princess title. Um, but Rune, it's like the star sword, so, like, it's for their line. And Bryce brought it with her to Akatar land. And basically, it's the twin sword for Azriel's truth teller blade, which is interesting, which means they were forged together. Um, so that's fun. That's that was she's very clearly doing something with that. She was very explicit about. She brought that up multiple times in like the three pages she was in Akatar Land. She made that very clear. Okay, um, I think that's a promising sign that she's planning on incorporating the worlds within one another really well. Well, because something else that I don't think you really know because it's kind of confusing. You found out that like the Crescent City Fey mm. kind of like came from another world a little bit. Oh, okay. And that, like, the wolves are technically also fae that came from the same line. Like, They'd be Tenlin's but- cousins. Cute. <laughs> oh my god, so what do you think of that? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, he's, like, the only one that can shapeshift, can he not? Yes, into a wolf. Oh my god, stop right now. And basically the lines just, like, diverged after, like, some of them came through the rift into Crescent City World and stuff. So basically... She's, like, the same kind of, like, fae that, like, Reese and Fair are, but the lines kind of change and, like, evolution run its course separately on either of them. So they'd be a little bit different, but they have, like, the common ancestor, which is interesting. Why? Why is Bryce's description of fae literally what, like, Elaine and Nestor described as? You know what I mean? They're, like, they're fae, but they're not fae. Well, no, like, Bryce is fae. I know, but it's a different type. Like, it's weird. It's not a different type. It's, like... So basically they had like the same ancestor, but then like they moved to a different world so then like it's basically how like evolution happens in our world. Like it's like that's why you have like different like breeds of the same animal basically. <laughs> like, you kinda yeah, just have like so Crescent City is like a golden retriever. Um Sure. Actar's <laughs> yeah. like trying to think of other ones. A shit <clears throat> Other kinds of dogs? What what kind of dog do you have, Olivia? Didn't you have a dog before you moved out? Like yeah, I know, but I didn't want to do my dog because that was way too 
I, I didn't want to go back to having a dog, you know? Having a dog's exhausting. Okay, so Golden Retriever and we'll see what you think of one more breed of dog. I said it, I said Shih Tzu or Chihuahua or Pomeranian. Take your pick. So, like, Resend is a Pomeranian. Uh, an ugly fucking Pomeranian. (laughs) Bilingual Pomeranian. (laughs) Okay. Sure. Why not? And then Rune can be a golden retriever. He can be one of those, like, brown golden retrievers, because isn't he a ginger? No. Why did I think Rune was a ginger? I just just imagine Rune and Lucian look like eerily similar. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. No. Well, I'm sorry. I heard unattractive Sarah J. Mass character and I thought of Lucian. Call me crazy. (laughs) Okay. You know, I really think Sarah knew what she was doing when she was like, everyone thinks Rune's unattractive. I've seen these fan arts and they're hideous. With the with the backwards flat cap, how do I fix this? Also, so, I'm sorry. Oh yes. my god, I'm in the middle oh, of something I'm sorry, here. I'm sorry. I just got really excited. Go on. Girl gets a new microphone and she's like, "Oh, okay, just keep talking." <laughs> oh, anyways, I definitely think Sarah was like, "Oh my god, everyone thinks Rune's unattractive. How do I make them stop thinking that?" And then she purposely she thought she was such a clever author when she wrote the line of like oh my god Rune looks so similar to Reese Sand it was so weird yeah and she was like mm, yeah that'll do that <laughs> not addressing is the fact that when like Bryce was in like Crescent City or when she was in Valera she was like oh my gosh Rune how did you get here and he's like oh my name is Reese Sand and I'm like they like, looked that alike that you really caught co- that she really called him Rune. You know, I have siblings. You know how <laughs> similar you have to look to your sibling to go to call someone your sibling? I don't think I've ever looked at anyone and, and called them my sibling's name because they looked that much like my sibling. You well, know? Well, I mean, I guess if you think about it, like, Rune has, like, the tattoos, like, recent, and they both have, like, the black hair, and they both have the purple eyes. That's um, true. Maybe so. maybe it was just more in a way of like, Rune, did you get some work done as well while you were at it? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, and so this, this list is the last thing I'll say, but there's just the running fan theory that because we don't know what Resan's last name was, mm. that it's Danon, which is the same as Bryce and Rune's last name, right? And uh. he came from that line as well. So... There's that running theory, but we don't oh, know. Triplets, cute. Well, considering the fact that Rune and Bryce aren't even twins, I don't think that's up in the air, but you know. Oh, but then <laughs> recent had his own sister already, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, it's intriguing. Okay, well... That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to see how long it took for you to step in. I was like... <laughs> I'm well, going to like... Was... Huh? I didn't want to interrupt you because then if I did, and then you were like... <laughs> oh my god, you get a new microphone? Hasn't you said anything to Lily? Like, I was just waiting. Okay, but I literally was in the middle of a sentence. Okay. I know, and I apologize. I admitted my wrong too. Okay, I forgive you. 
Okay. okay, well, that's going to be all. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed. Um, it's been so long since we did, like, a specifically Sarah J Mass thing. It was so we weird getting back into this world of pointed ears and sex on submarines that make you teleport. It was... It was jarring. We were definitely back into a Sarah J. Moss book, to say the least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys for listening, and we will see you all next week. Yeah, we will. Bye! Bye!